0: I want to do this podcast to answer the question about something that I'm asked about all the time, right? It's about Rick and Morty. Yep, Rick and Morty and whether there is any relationship between me, Rick Sanchez, and the cartoon character, Rick Sanchez, right? First of all, I want to thank you for hanging out with us here at Agua Media. This is a Latino podcast and a media network Uh, not because you have to be Latino to check in on us. We're glad that you're there and we're going to share this uh, moment no matter where the hell you are. But rather because we just figured that since 95% of us in the United States who are Latino speak English and we make up a fifth of the population of the United States and there's no Latino outlet that exists out there for us, hey, let's create one. So we did. So welcome to Agua Media. Jump in. The water's fine. Corny, right? Yeah, whatever. Whatever. All right, so what's in a name? Rick Sanchez, mine. Did the creators of Rick and Morty use my name when they created the cartoon character, Rick Sanchez? Yes, I think they did. And I think I can prove it to you. Like with everybody else, there are people who have no idea who I am, or or for that matter, there's people out there who didn't know that I was on the news for many years, they uh, don't know because maybe they don't give a shit or, or because they don't watch the news. And then there are some people out there who know who I am, but have never heard of a character named uh, uh, Rick and Morty, right? Or Rick Sanchez on Rick and Morty. So that's all understood. That kind of stuff happens, right? Not everybody knows everybody. And you may be famous in your own family, but outside of uh, you know, your neighbor's house, nobody knows who you are. So, But let me make one thing very clear right from the outset, just to kind of to get us started here in this conversation. You ready? It's this. Way before there was a show named Rick and Morty, and way before there was a character named Rick and Sh- Morty, right, there was this. Rick's List, CNN weekday afternoons, 3 Eastern. Yep, that was the show. Rick's List. That was it. It was on CNN. And I was, I guess I still am, Rick Sanchez, the guy who did that show. We did a bunch of cool stuff on that show, okay? And it got really large ratings, a big following. Uh, according to the people who study ratings and that kind of stuff, even though it was on CNN, it became especially popular with people who normally don't watch CNN. Watch. This is a virtual newscast. It's a national conversation, if you will. Listen to this. This comes on uh, twitter.com slash Rick Sanchez CNN. no, 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 <laughs> Joe. You are no longer just Joe, a private person. Rick, we both know who number two is. Who? Sanchez! Here, do me a favor. Let's check the tape. You're say You're to absolutely you. ignoring my question. Not and at all, Rick. I don't all, think Rick. that's very nice. Not at all, Rick, and you are very nice. That's courageous. That's responsible. You're not a fan of political expediency. I don't like politics. That was it. Rick's List. A, a show that uh, did well at 3 p.m. So the, the brainiacs at uh, CNN decided, hey, let's move this thing up. And let's put it in front of Wolf Blitzer's show, right? So it'll increase his ratings. And they did. And then eventually they thought, wow, this show is getting a lot of traction. A lot of people are watching this show. It's becoming one of the most watched shows on CNN. So let's put it in prime time. And that's what they did, because even though CNN's viewers were 60, 70, 80 years old, our show was getting really young people to watch. And the audience was also very diverse. CNN President John Klein at the time said that our show was getting the biggest non-traditional, non-white audience in the history of the network. So Rick's List was doing very well on CNN at the time. Now, suffice it to say, a shitload of people at the time knew who I was because I was on CNN. I was on one of the highest rated shows on CNN at that time. And and what that same guy that I just told you about, John Klein, good guy by the way, good boss, he allowed me to start using something which to most people was new at the time called Twitter. In fact, he said, encouraged me to use social media on my show. Nobody had ever done that before. And then the show got really popular, especially among young people. Here, watch. Look at all the tweets we're getting on the Twitterers. Those are the people who bring you the tweets. Joining me now is Mr. Twitter himself, CNN's Rick Sanchez. Twitter board's about to explode. MySpace, Facebook, but now take a look at this. I know, dude. How cool is that? The Veener and the Redneck. Laugh with, not at. But I make fun of his people too, though. (laughs) Anyway, so the New York Times,
1: Miami Herald,
0: NPR, all started noticing what we were doing with this show, and they started to write about it, which was kind of cool. In fact, it was kind of cool that news got cool for a little while there with this show called Rick's List, which incorporated social media for the first time. A lot of young people were on social media, so it ended up getting one of the rated, uh, being one of the highest rated shows on the network. I mean, I was just anchoring it. What did I know, right? I was doing the best I could. Of course, not everybody liked the show. Some people thought that I sucked, and I guess one of those people. I actually worked in one of the offices there at Turner Broadcasting Headquarters in Atlanta because one day they called me in and they said, you're fired. So I was let go. It happens. But you know what else was funny about what happened in Atlanta in that same building in Atlanta? right? The Cartoon Network was also in Atlanta. Think about this. The Cartoon Network, we're going to talk about this where I would hang out from time to time in the food plaza with some of the folks who worked at the Cartoon Network. So CNN and anchors like me and writers and editors worked together in the same building with the Cartoon Network, which made a different kind of news, I suppose. Maybe cartoon news. Remember, because that's an important part of the story, by the way, which we're going to get to in just a little bit. So CNN fires me, but I'm thinking, well, I still got my brand, right? Let me try and just parlay that, maybe online. I'm not on the air on CNN, but I can always go online and people will remember that I was the guy who was doing the show. But when I tried to do that, guess what? I couldn't because my name was gone. If you Google Rick Sanchez at the time, you didn't get me. You didn't get the guy who had the highest rated show on CNN. I disappeared. My brand was gone. What you got was a cartoon character named Rick Sanchez. And when I would tell people to look for me, they couldn't even find me. They found this. Rick, come on, enough. Rick, I don't like glowing rocks in the kitchen trash. Well, I don't like your unemployed jeans and my grandchildren, Jerry, but life is made of little concessions. So suddenly my online presence didn't even exist, right? I had no online presence. You see, Rick Sanchez, the person had been replaced, literally replaced by Rick Sanchez, a cartoon. Sounds weird, right? Turner Broadcasting would fire me and then allow or give my name, I don't know, to be placed on a cartoon character on one of their shows. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool. In some ways, it's kind of flattering that, you know, a famous cartoon character is now named after me or has my name. But it's also really frustrating because it's kind of like my name was hijacked, right? Here's the question that I know you're probably asking. Was it on purpose? Well... Or was it just a coincidence? Well, did the creators of Rick and Morty maybe just happen to pick out a name? Rick Sanchez, popular name. I mean, Rick Sanchez is not a weird name. Different, but like me, I suppose. But maybe they just did pick it out of nowhere. And it happened to be mine. And that means that they had never heard of me, never watched CNN, never knew that there was a guy on CNN um, and nobody on their staff had ever heard of me when they sat there at their uh, storyboard meeting and mentioned they were going to do a show and they were going to have a character named Rick Sanchez. Nobody said, hey, you know, there was a guy on CNN. Nope, nobody. Nobody said that. Maybe nobody at Turner Broadcaster remembered that I worked there, even though I was on TV every single day, including on primetime. I guess. Is it possible? I guess. And that's kind of the way I left it. Because after all, that's all they would have to say, right? We didn't know who you were. We had no idea who you were. Get over yourself, Mr. Sanchez, Mr. Sanchez, or whatever your name is. We didn't know you. We didn't know Rick Sanchez. We didn't know the news guy. We just invented Rick Sanchez, the sociopathic cartoon character who's a mad scientist, and that's it. Shut up. Okay, I will. But then, one day, I was Googling through some old material, and you're not going to believe what I found. I found evidence that the creator of the show had to know who I was, had to know who I was, and did know that I was a prominent news guy, and was even including me in some of his experimental riffs that he was working on before he did Rick and Morty. In fact, here's the first part of a videotape that I want to share with you. Watch. makes so much sense something's different let's put on a tv set okay you see that those two guys on the couch there uh one of those two guys is justin roiland he's the creator of rick and morty on the couch with his friend drew And, and as best we can tell this video was shot around 2006. so that's him on the couch with a friend doing a spoof or a spiff or whatever you want to call it, creating another show, not Rick and Morty at the time. At the time he's on the couch doing this, I am on the air anchoring the news on CNN, just to be clear. Now, we reached out to Justin. We asked whether he used my name as an inspiration for the character Rick and Morty, on Rick and Morty. And he reached out, good guy, nice enough for him of him to do that. Seems like a nice guy. In fact, he wrote to us and he said he had no idea who I was and he hopes, I don't hate him. By the way, I don't hate you, Justin. In fact, you just seem to me like a nice guy. However, I don't think, Justin, that you're being completely honest here. You see, Justin, what you don't know, maybe, I think that Justin doesn't know, that we have the rest of that videotape. And if we continue playing that videotape, it becomes pretty obvious that he knew that I was a news guy on CNN, because the character in this videotape is playing Rick Sanchez, the news guy. There, I think they refer to it as CIN or something. He's wearing a silly mask, and he's cast as Rick Sanchez, the news guy on TV. Here, play it. Put on the TV. Hello, I'm Rick Sanchez. Welcome to the seven o'clock news. Did you hear that? I'm Rick Sanchez and i'm doing the news i mean now look i know it's a it's a silly spitballing thing that they were kind of doing but that really doesn't matter what matters is They seemed to me they knew exactly who I was at the time. Either that or it's one of the biggest freaking coincidences that could ever have happened, right? That they would have chosen a character doing the news on TV who happens to be named just like the guy who at the time was doing the news on TV, not in some tiny little local station, but all over the country on CNN, no less. At a time when people were still watching CNN, by the way. I mean, and by the way, look, I I never really have said anything about this, partly because it's kind of who we are. I mean, I'm Latino. That's the way we are, Latinos. You know, we we just keep going. We're not the kind of people who grow grow up around lawyers, uh, nor do we get up and complain and scream discrimination all the time. We lose a job, we go to the next job. We just keep going. We also don't have, for the most part, rich parents with access to PR companies or lawyers, most of which we could never afford, or a connection to executives at big media companies where we pick up the phone and say, hey, you can't name the character that. We don't know who these these people are. And if we did ask them, they would say, what are you talking about? Which is, by the way, exactly what they did. Is it kind of weird, though? I was kind of the first Latino to ever do the news in prime time in the United States. And when they fired me, they gave Or allowed my brand and my name to end up on a cartoon character? And by the way, a company that was owned by the same company that I used to work for? Why my name? Why not Larry King? Why not Wolf Blitzer? Why not Anderson Cooper? Those are cooler names than mine. Maybe there's a part of me here that should be flattered. But then again, it kind of sucks when you wake up one day and everything you've ever worked for to create your brand, your name, it's gone. It's like it never even existed. Bizarro, huh? So now when I say my name or or I hand people a credit card or or I try to book a flight, I, I get this look, right? Really? Rick Sanchez. Sometimes they say, then I wait. And often what I hear on the other end is, wow, you're just like the cartoon character. Just like the cartoon character, Rick Sanchez. And and that's why, by the way, we can't call this podcast the Rick Sanchez Podcast or just Rick Sanchez. We have to call it Rick Sanchez News because Rick Sanchez doesn't belong to me anymore. Even if it was my brand name. And by the way, not for nothing, but I had it first. So joining us now to talk about this is Mary Greco. Um, so, Mary, it's so cool to have this conversation. I've never had this discussion with anybody publicly before. So, you and I are about to talk about something which is kind of like virgin territory. You're an expert in this field. You help people with their brands and you work for the Olshan Law Firm. Is that right? That's correct. You heard my story. What do you think?
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Um, you know, and, and like most things in law, Uh, This is not clear cut and (laughs) and there are coincidences and there's things that kind of go beyond coincidence. It's kind of hard. Without really knowing a lot about the creation, where this came from, I think, you know, as, as you recognize, Rick Sanchez is not a name like Bruce Springsteen, where it would automatically be associated with one person. Uh, so as you said, their argument could could be, well, it's a coincidence. It's a common name. We could have, we could have picked Rick Jones, but we picked Rick Sanchez. We could have picked Rick Gomez. Uh, Um, you know,
0: until, until you watch them, uh, knowing, uh, on tape in 2006 by their own admission on a videotape doing a spoof with a guy named Rick Sanchez doing the news, on a show that they're creating called CIN, at the time that I happened to be Rick Sanchez doing the news on CNN, so yeah. to say that they didn't know who I was would be a lie.
1: True, true. I, I hear, I hear that. And and playing devil's advocate, uh, devil's you know, uh-huh. the, the mere the mere fact that the mere they heard somebody's name and thought, "Wow, this is a cool name that we're going to use on our show," um, is not necessarily. Illegal under the law, it really is going to go, it really would depend on their intent. Um, You know, did they want to cause you harm? Did they know that by doing this they would cause you harm? Um, Does the character have your characteristics? Would the public, and this is always important in these discussions and, and the analysis, would the public believe that you were somehow affiliated with or endorsing this this cartoon character and this show. That would be an important factor.
0: I hear what you're saying, Mary, but I'm left with the fact that they knew who I was at the time. They knew I was an anchor on CNN. They used my name and since then, I've been left without the brand that I once owned and worked so hard on. Can they just Take someone's name like that,
1: and and again, it. There's not a clear cut answer, unfortunately, and and I know that there mm-hmm. is damage on your your side. I can definitely see that, uh-huh. um, and you know, their likely argument would be they didn't know, and Rick Sanchez is a common name, and the character has nothing to do with you, um, which, which is, is true. true.
0: They, they 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 cast a mad right. scientist, right. not a news guy, but they used a the news guy's name, knowing the news guy existed and knowing exactly who I was.
1: Correct, correct. And you know the name, the names you mentioned again. It, you know, Anderson Cooper, um, Wolf Blitzer. Those are very unique names that really are associated with one person. Yeah. Larry King, probably not. How many Larry Kings would there be in the universe? Um,
0: a ton. A ton.
1: And you know. When you're talking about brands and branding, there's you know there are so many factors that go into it. So many factors that go into you know what makes up a brand, and you know can somebody use the same name? And and it, it you know you use the Coca-Cola shoes, and Coca-Cola is such a famous brand that it probably I, I would say it goes across all. Types of goods and services. Um, you know, nobody can use Coca-Cola huh. for anything. Um, there's other brands that are famous in their niche, but probably not in other areas.
0: So, but isn't that somewhat? Isn't that somewhat prejudicial? I mean, who's to say who's famous and who isn't? I mean, sure, in the world of um, Anglo Saxons. Uh, somebody might be famous, but among Latinos, Jorge Ramos blows away Anderson Cooper, blows him away. So if you were to try a case and you have Jorge Ramos, the judge would say, and I've never heard of this Jorge Ramos. By the way, Jorge Ramos is one of the most common names in the world. Most Hispanic names are common. So when you say it's a common name, most Latino names are common. And when you say it's not somebody that is known to the big community, well, what big community? The big community in what? New York, Chicago? What about Miami, L.A., San Antonio? Do they matter?
1: That's always a question in a, in a case involving an infringement or involving a brand is who is the target audience? Um, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if it was, let's say it's a, you know, big pharmaceutical drug name, Um, You know, the target audience may be physicians that prescribe that drug and, you know, people may not necessarily know the names of of a certain drug or a certain piece of medical equipment or something. So, you know, and and I think, you know, the um, if if you're talking about somebody who's famous, um, you know, Jorge Ramos is, is famous with a certain niche of the population. Um, That would be that would be important because then the question would be, you know, it it is a significant portion of that population where he has really built a brand for himself. Do those people know who he is and would they be confused into believing that there was Mm -hmm. some association? Um, So it's you know, it's these are very, very fact specific claims that are made and there are. There's no clear-cut line. And I got to tell you, case law and things, it's all over the place. When you know,
0: it, it, Well, it's brand new. Think about it. Mary, there are people out there today making millions of dollars because they're on, I don't know, TikTok or Facebook or some other new social media platform that someone's going to invent tomorrow. And that person is very well-known only right there. And they're, I mean, I could... Probably we could view you, you and I, if we thought long and hard enough, we could come up with a couple of those names right now. But that's all they are. Nobody knows this person except for the fact that they live on this place and they've made all this money as influencers in this place. Can somebody come along tomorrow and take their name? I guess this is all brand new territory in this whole brand law thing that
1: you right. do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the answer to that, can somebody do that? It would be it depends. If somebody, if there was an yeah. influencer named Susie Jones and, yeah. you know, the, somebody came out with Susie Jones, you know, shoes, um, would, would people, would enough people think that it was Susie Jones, the influencer? And what would go into that would be a long analysis. You know, you could get two different courts hearing it coming up with two different, you know, two different findings. Um, uh, you could have two different juries coming up with different findings, uh, because it is such a fact specific, um, you know, it's such a fact specific hmm. area of the law that there's no, there really are no clear cut answers unless it's blatant infringement, you know, or blatant, um, you know, yeah. those are clear, but, but, you know, as, as, you know, an old law professor told me that those cases never get tried because, um, they're so clear. The ones that really get tried and make case law are the ones in the middle uh, where both sides have valid arguments and there's no clear cut, um, clear cut answer. And it's going to be very, very fact specific.
0: Sounds like, yeah, it sounds like uh, as we move along in this new world of brands, and all these disparate types of media where people become famous and build huge brands, the law will follow. It sounds like that's what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the law is what it is. And what I what I always tell my clients is that, you know, the, the law is there. You've got trademark law, copyright law, you've got these rights of publicity. The law is there. And it applies whether or not you're doing something online, or whether you're doing something more traditional. And look, when I started practicing, the internet was just starting out. There were no such things as social media. There were not influencers and all these things that have since come about. Um, But the law is what it is. And I think the law doesn't change as much as the interpretation of the law. Uh, The law is you can't use somebody's name to create confusion. You can't use somebody's name to create a false impression. You can't use somebody's name to injure them somehow. Uh,
0: Let me ask you, let me, let me, let me, let me ask you a question. And I pardon the interruption, but I just thought to myself, is there something, because since you were mentioning, you know, Anderson Cooper, Anderson Cooper happens to be a Vanderbilt, deep pockets. Do, is it possible or could we possibly live in a world, Mary, where someone who is going to choose a name for a show is more judicious about choosing someone who they know is very influential and, and, um, pardon me, and uh, apt to be litigious or has deeper pockets. So they go with somebody who maybe is not well, as well known or... Because they think, yeah, uh, you know, this guy will never go after us.
1: Does that happen? I'm sure it does. And, you know, and and I and I think in the years years that I've been practicing, a consideration is always, you know, how, how likely is the other side to to fight this? Uh, you know, what what is the mm-hmm. risk? Um, you know, there there are certain, and I won't name them, but there are certain companies that you know people know just don't go after this company because. Even if they do something wrong, they're going to bury you in legal fees and and make it very hard for you. Um, And so those Mm -hmm. companies tend to get away with with a lot. Um, You know, sometimes people stand up to them. Sometimes the companies get called out for what they're doing and get punished for what they're doing. Um, It's but yeah, that is that is always a consideration, especially looking to enforce your rights. You know, what what is it like on the other side when I when I started doing this, I I, I was in Los Angeles and we I I represented uh, people in the in the film and music industry, uh, mostly on the artistic side and some fairly well known names. But going up against a big studio um, in Los Angeles where I practiced at the time um, was very was very tough.
0: So, um, first of all, it seems to me like these guys who did this Rick and Morty show, they're nice guys. And I want no harm to come to them. And I don't want people to think that they did something that wasn't, you know, they just do what they do. They're good guys, I'm sure. And they're very creative. And I think the show is fantastic. And in many ways, as I mentioned, it's kind of flattering that, you know, if they did or if they didn't, that they use the same name as mine. But um, in a case like mine, for the sake of the appreciation of the people who are listening to us right now. Is this a potential case that could be brought or not? How do you Yeah, see- I
1: see it as a, a not a slam dunk. Um, I see it as a potential case. Uh, there's a lot of factors that would go into it. It would be interesting to see what would come out in discovery as far as the creation, um, you know, are they using any kind of keywords or meta tags that push them up in the Google rankings that would, you know, right. I mean, well, those kinds
0: of after they watch this show, they're going to go hide them now. So but go on.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, but nothing's no, ever hidden on the internet. Everything is always there. Um, so yeah. it's, you know, Again, going back to very fact, it's very fact specific. And I would say this is this is, you know, if you just came to me out of the blue and said, do I have a case? And I heard what you had to say, I would say maybe Um, it, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't Hmm. say go away. There's no case here. Um, I I think there, you know, there are some interesting issues because, you know, this is something that has. Injured your brand because it's pushed you down in the Google rankings. and <clears throat> People can't find you, and you built this brand, so it, it has ever. injured your brand. Yeah. No, fun. Um, that's yes. only one factor in these cases, and there's a whole list of other factors. Deal, you know, consumer confusion is very important. The public perception is important. The intent is important, um, and you just kind of look at all these these factors and. and and weigh them. A lot of times there's surveys that are done in these kinds of cases to, to determine what is the public perception. Um, and you know, so, so I, I wouldn't say you don't have a case. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say you do have a case. This is definitely one of those in the middle cases that would really depend on the facts and also depend on the, the particular court and the judge and the jury, if it's a jury trial.
0: Yeah. As usual with these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Mary's explanation is as good as you can get. This is what she does for a living. She studies and helps people with the legalities and I I suppose some of the peculiarities of uh, brand affinity and brand identity. Thanks, Mary. Really appreciate your input on that. Listen, it's a fascinating situation. I don't mean anybody any harm, but I thought something like this happens. It's probably going to be interesting to a lot of folks out there. Uh, in fact, I'd love to know what you think. If if you're following along in the conversation, what do you think of uh, this situation? This is the Rick Sanchez News podcast. We publish this thing in English and in Spanish. We do this as part of Agua Media because Agua Media represents Latinos in the United States, a 20th of the population, by the way. There's a lot of Sanchez's out there, just as you just heard from Mary. But uh, Latinos are usually only mentioned either negatively or less than 2% of the time in national conversations. Most importantly, our content is not corporatized. Not corporatized. That's important. Rick Sanchez News. You can find us right now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Follow our stuff right there. Or for those on YouTube, uh, do me a favor. Subscribe. Leave a comment. Tell me what you think. I'd love to have this conversation with you more often. Okie dokie, <laughs> and I guarantee that whatever you write as a comment, I'll read it and respond. Dali, until next time, I'm Dale. Agua.